glad to be at church this morning. Woohoo! I think we've had a fantastic morning already, haven't we? I just love what God can do in a place of worship and praise. And He is a good God. Who agrees that God is a good God? Who believes that He's got more good things for you this morning? Who believes every day that God is good and He just wants to shower His goodness on you? Yeah, amen to that. Now, today we're going to continue our series. We've been um, starting a series on who Jesus is, and we started a few weeks ago with our Fab Three. I had a fantastic morning where three people shared who Jesus is to them, and that was a really powerful morning. And then Aaron went on to talk about my Jesus, my foundation, and then Tim last week got us all fueled up and fired up and like dynamite ready to go, and that was my Jesus, my fuel. And today I'm going to talk about my Jesus, my fullness. Now, I'm just going to do a little bit of a quiz with you this morning, because as soon as I say the word fullness, like this is going to be like a bit of a sword drill moment, okay? So if you've got your Bible, do you want to put it under your arm? I'm going to go back to old Sunday school methods. If you've got a Bible, put it under your arm. If your Bible's on your phone, stick that under your arm. Um, Whatever it is, whatever contraption you have. But put your Bible under your arm and first person to find the verse, the first verse you think of when you think about fullness and living life to the full. Are we ready? As soon as you found it, stand up with your Bible under your arm. Three, two, one, go. Oh, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Who's going to be the first to stand up? Oh, here we are. <laughs> right, you're out. Okay. <laughs> I think there's a number of people that have got that verse. Let's read it out together. John 10, 10. Jesus said, I have come. I'm reading on my own, guys. Come on. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus wants to give us a life to the full. Jesus came that we could have a life that was full of adventure, full of joy, full of love, that a life that isn't empty or dull or boring, but life in all its fullness. Now, you might be thinking, oh, I've heard so many messages about this before, Hannah. I know exactly how this is going to go. Um, but I really want to unpack this in the context of the rest of the passage. Because so often we hear John 10.10, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. But often what we forget is everything that's wrapped around that. So what I want us to do is to um, read John 10, starting from verse 1. And we're going to go right through to verse 10. But I'm going to give you a bit of context before I sort of dive into it. Because Jesus often talked to people in parables. So when he talked to people, he tried to relate it to things that were going on in their lives, things they could understand. So in the context of what we're going to hear today, he's talking about shepherds and sheep. Because at that time, that was one of the main livelihoods for many Jewish people at that time. So when we're reading this, Jesus is using something very earthly, something that they could understand, and he's speaking to them in a spiritual place. So he's taking an earthly story and giving it a heavenly meaning. And and just to kind of bring you to where he's at when he's sharing this, this is what happened in chapter 9. So it follows a story where Jesus takes a man who is blind, and he heals him on the Sabbath day, puts mud on his eyes, and tells him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And this, to the Pharisees, was like, what is he doing? He can't do that on the Sabbath day. And Jesus is trying, they're trying to discredit Jesus for what he's done. And the debate ends when the man that's healed says to the Pharisees, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And then the Pharisees throw this man out of the synagogue. Jesus finds the man who's been healed and the man confesses faith in Jesus he's made whole not just in his body not just with his sight but he's made whole through the eternal life that Jesus brings so the Pharisees are absolutely furious that this has happened Jesus you can't heal people on the Sabbath day you can't you can't receive Jesus on the Sabbath day this is not right this is wrong so then Jesus goes on later into John 10 10 and when you put this into um, where he's at this is what he says John 10 verse 1 I'm going to read it from the message let me set this before you as plainly as I can if a person climbs over or through a fence of a sheep pen instead of going through the gate you know he's up to no good a sheep rustler the shepherd walks right up to the gate the gatekeeper opens the gate to him and the sheep recognize his voice he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out when he gets them all out he leads them and they follow him because they are familiar with his voice 
They won't follow a stranger's voice, but will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. I love this verse. This is how I read the Bible, so I'm just going to share this with you. Jesus told this simple story, but they had no idea what he was talking about. Like, you know, if you're a teacher here, if you ever got up to speak before, it happened to Jesus too. And that is a relief sometimes to read. So he tried again. I'll be explicit then. I am the gate for the sheep. All those others are up to no good. They're sheep stealers, every one of them. But the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for. They will freely go in and out and find pasture. A thief is only there to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that they might have real life, eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. So when you take that into context, it's got a whole new meaning when you realize what Jesus was actually saying when he said, I have come that you may have life and life to the full. So Jesus is drawing on a familiar scene um, for the shepherds of that day. I'm just going to throw up a picture behind me so you can really picture what the sheep pen would have looked like. So this is what a sheep pen would have looked like and still does in some places today. So a shepherd would build this um, sheep pen and as you can see, the sheep pen has got a gap. You might think, well, that's a bit unusual because, you know, the whole point is that the sheep can't get out once they're in. And when Jesus is talking about the shepherd being the gate, the door, and then goes on to describe himself as that, the shepherd would literally sit in the gap that you can see there. So if you look at the next picture, a little bit crowded in there, but um, you can see the shepherd is there. He is the gate. So when Jesus is talking about I am the gate, he's saying the only way you can get into the sheep pen, the only way that you can become part of my sheepfold is through me. It's only by crossing over. Because a shepherd, if a sheep escaped, he'd know about it because it would walk on top of him. I'm sure that would be quite uncomfortable. Um, you know, if a wolf or um, a robber tried to come in to steal a sheep, the shepherd would know because he is right there. He is the gate. And when Jesus is talking about this in this passage, he's saying, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. But before that, he says... A thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and life to the full because there are things that will come to try and take us away from living our life to the full as a Christian. There are things that will come to steal our salvation, to take away our joy, to steal our peace, to steal those things in our life that God wants to give us in all his fullness. But Jesus said, I am the gate. Jesus puts his own body in that place. He laid down his life for us so that we can receive life in all its fullness. This morning, whoever you are, wherever you're from, that life is for you today. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how empty you feel. It doesn't matter where you've come from or whatever's happened in your life before. But the only life that you will know in all its fullness is life through Jesus Christ. And the only way that we can enter that life is through him this morning. So many times we can find ourselves searching for life in so many other things. And often these things can look pretty good. So life in pleasure, going on a nice holiday or having some luxury experience. Life in performance, wanting to be satisfied in our jobs. And maybe working really, really hard. For some of us that can be the thing that we think, if I just get to this place, if I just have this perfect job, if I just work that bit harder, then my life will be full. Sometimes life in possessions, I just want more money, more stuff. I want the latest thing. Maybe if I've just got that, then my life will just feel so much better. Sometimes it becomes life in position, wanting to get to that place of status or promotion. Maybe life in pursuits, busy trying to do everything that there is on offer out there. If I just go and do that exhilarating thing, then my life will be full. If I just achieve that competition, then I'll just get there and, and my life will be full. But this morning, these things disguise themselves as life givers, but actually only satisfy us for a moment. Because when Jesus talked about giving life and life in all its fullness, he's not on about giving us more stuff or more things. He's saying, no, the only life that you will experience that will give you life to the full is life through Jesus Christ this morning and that is a life that if we've said yes to Jesus that's a life that we have received this morning who's with me this morning yeah you hear me what I'm saying that Jesus wants to give us life in all its fullness but the problem is for so many of us 
what we allow to happen is sometimes when we go for a little wander into the pasture, when we go for a little, you know, nibble, nibble on the tasty grass and the shepherd's there, he's watching us, but sometimes we can just start to wander off a bit and we can get distracted by that temptation over there or that thing that someone else is doing. You know, that other little sheep's wandering over there, so I'm just going to go too. And, oh, there's another gate that's open, so I might just go and experience that for a bit. Sometimes what that can look like is when maybe you've got a group of friends and, you know, they will just like to sit around in the uh, work canteen and let's just have a bit of a gossip. Have you heard about what happened to that? But, yeah, how it did, you know, oh. And then before you know it, you've just got distracted and brought into this little kind of gate over here that's just open or I might just get involved in that a bit. Maybe that's not you. Maybe it's something else. Like, actually, you've got um, this whole thing going on where... You know, you just love to go out and party. You know, who likes a good party? Come on, let's be honest. Who likes to have a good party? It's okay to party. You know, Jesus wants us to live lives of full life of joy and happiness and celebration. There's nothing wrong with going to a good party. But actually, you go to this party over here and, um, you know, actually, like, you know, nothing wrong with having a drink. But then that just becomes something that becomes more than one drink, and then another drink, and then another drink. And actually, before you know it, every time you're going out to a party, you end up experiencing this whole binge drinking and just trying to just take in more and more, and that doesn't satisfy you either. But you've just opened up that little gate over here. Maybe for some of you, it's something else. It could be an addiction. It could be something that you know you just got yourself trapped in. But Jesus says this morning, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that ye might have life and life in all its fullness. And the only way we're going to experience the full life that Jesus has for us is by coming through him, through that gate. I want to give you a little quick Greek lesson. Because when we talk about life, there are three words that um, are often used in the Bible to um, to pick life, and these are the three words. First one is bios, so your life, your physical body. It's where we get the word biology. So we all have bios this morning, hopefully. Yeah, we're all, we're all people, we've all been created, and we all have a physical body. And the next word is the word suka. I think I've said that properly. I did check on a little translate button that you can press and listen to how someone else says it. Suka. So this is your psychological life. It's the life of your human soul, your mind and your emotions and your will. And it's where we get the word psychology. And I'm just going to pause at, at that point because so often, another thing that we can do is instead of living our life through Jesus, instead of living our life through him, we end up living our life from this emotional place where we just get swayed by our emotions, our good days, our bad days. Lou already touched on that earlier. But when Jesus said, I have come that you might have life, and life is in its fullness. The life that he's talking about is the Zoe life, the eternal life of God. And you see, eternal life is a life with everlasting goodness. It's with everlasting joy. It's a life that is not empty. It's a life that is full, and it's a life that is promised for eternity. So it doesn't matter whether emotionally you are having a good day or a bad day. It doesn't matter if things in your life are kind of falling apart. When we understand the life that God has for us is the Zoe life, the eternal life, whatever happens, God, his eternal life is still within us. And wherever we're at in our lives, God wants to fill us with more of his eternal life so that we can be more full of him to share him with those around us. So I guess my question for you this morning is, do you know Zoe? Do you know Zoe? Just ask someone for a moment. Do you know Zoe? You know, it's like a bit of a code, isn't it? Like, go around to each other, just like check in with each other as the week goes on. Do you know Zoe? You know? Because when you read the verse in the context of Zoe, it says, I have come that they may have eternal life and may have eternal life abundantly. Now, some of you are like, yeah, I know that, Hannah. I know that I've read it like that before. But for me, when I read this, it was like a whole fresh revelation of what John 10 is all about. You see, God is not interested in us becoming better people. Anna, what have you just said? That's wrong. What I mean by that is he's not interested in us having better clothes to wear, having a nicer house or nicer car, or maybe just having some more lovely experiences. 
What God is interested in is our eternal life in him. He wants to grow our eternal life. So the things of the world, the things that we get distracted by, just pale into insignificance. Can you turn to Galatians 5? I'm just going to demonstrate this to you. Through Galatians 5, um, from, starting at verse 16, it says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation by the law. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And this is the fullness, the fullness of life that God wants for us to receive. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. And since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. This morning, who wants to live a life that's full of more joy? Who wants to live a life that's full of more of God's love, more of his peace, more of his patience? Who wants to live a life that's kinder through the kindness that God gives us, that's more gentle, a life that is in more self-control? You know, that's what God wants to grow in our lives. He wants to breathe on us his life. And that is exactly what his life looks like. Mary Madeline, she had a um, past that was full of demon possession. But she became a follower of Jesus and she became called an apostle of apostles. And she got given the incredible job of telling the apostles that Jesus was alive. She'd gone from being this woman that was in an absolute desperate state God transforms our lives and he uses her to go and share the resurrection of Jesus. Who would have liked that job? Amazing. And you look at Peter. He denied Jesus three times. And I'm sure that must have been absolutely tormenting to think, I've just completely messed up. I've denied Jesus three times. And like, I, who am I to then, you know, serve him? And then Jesus transforms his thinking. Jesus says, now you are still my son. I'm still pleased, and I've still got a job for you to do. And then what does Peter go on and do? He goes and preaches on the day of Pentecost to 3,000 people, and they get saved. Church, this morning, whatever your past looks like, whatever things are going on in your life right now, when we come and receive the life that Jesus has for us, the fullness of life, he can transform our lives, and he can take us to places that we can't even imagine. And I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe you're in the middle somewhere, and you're like, do you know, I don't really know Jesus. This is a whole new thing for me. I want to experience some of that life because that sounds pretty exciting. That's fantastic. I want to give you an opportunity to do that later. Some of us, we've kind of gone on a little bit of a wander and we're kind of over here somewhere and going on, this is going on over here, getting distracted with that over there. And Jesus wants to pull you back this morning and say, come on, come back to the sheepfold, come back to the place where you come through the gate, which is me. And I want to fill you. I want to restore you. I want to protect you and I want to keep you because I am the good shepherd. You know, it says this in Romans 6 verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Who likes a freebie this morning? You know, it's a free gift. We don't deserve it. We don't actually even have done anything to receive it. God's gift is there for each and every one of us, that free gift. And it comes at that point of salvation. But I have to say this morning, for some of us, we need to come back to that. We need to come back to that place where maybe we've got distracted. Maybe we've got to the point where we're feeling a bit empty because actually everything else that we try and fill our lives with is not satisfying us. But Jesus says this morning, I want you to have that Zoe life. I want you to experience the fullness of eternal life. 
And he wants to take us places. And he wants to show us new things and use the life that he's given with us to share it with other people. It's not just for us. See, God wants us to be speakers of life wherever we go. He wants us to be people who are overflowing with his life. So people look at you and go, there's something different about you. You know, I I don't know what it is, but you just seem happy all the time. For some people, that will really annoy them. But keep being happy. Keep being full of the joy of the Lord. Psalm 23 is a great psalm. Who would agree? And, um, you know, when you think about God as our good shepherd, when you think about Jesus came that we might have life and life all in his fullness, when we read that, it's just a reminder that, you know, we can try and fill our lives with all these things. And I'm not saying any of those things are necessarily bad. It's, you know, it's important to be able to go on holiday and have good things. And God wants to bless us with good things. But when they become our focus and our priority, that's when it all kind of shifts. This is what Psalm 23 starts with. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. You see, when Jesus is our good shepherd, we lack nothing. Because he is our ultimate provider. He wants to bless us. He wants to pour out his goodness on us. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. You see, sometimes when we're talking about life and all its fullness, we're so full of stuff, and some of that stuff isn't bad stuff. Some of that stuff is actually quite good for us. But we can get so full that we get so busy, we get so stressed out, we've got too much going on. And Jesus says, he wants to make you lie down in green pastures. He wants to lead you beside quiet waters. Some of you... This morning, I believe God just wants to fill you again with peace. For some of us, actually, he wants to empty us of all the stuff that consumes our lives. And he wants to fill us again with his refreshing water. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, shepherds, when they um, make their sheep pens, obviously the sheep don't stay in there all day. When it's light, they go out and they feed on the pasture and then they come back in. But when it gets dark, that's when the wolves come, that's when the thieves come, that's when things can get stolen and destroyed. And there may be people here today and you are facing it. You're in darkness, you're in a dark place. You feel like there are things that are going on in life right now that are being stolen and taken from you. There are situations that you find yourself in, and there are things that have just got in. Jesus says this, even though you walk through the shadow of death, you will fear no evil because his rod and his staff, they will comfort you. And God wants to bring comfort to you today. He wants to fill you with his strength and his peace, whatever you're facing this morning. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. God wants to overflow your cup this morning, that despite what you might be facing, despite your enemies, despite the things that have been stolen from you, he wants to fill your cup to overflowing with his joy, with his love, with his peace this morning. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Lou's already said that this morning, that God's goodness, it's everlasting, it's for eternity, and it follows you for all the days of your life. All the days. There's not one day when God's goodness isn't following you. His goodness follows you all the days of your life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The good shepherd is protecting you this morning. The good shepherd is providing for you this morning. The good shepherd is watching over you this morning. And I don't know where you were at or what situation you'll find yourself in. But God is your good shepherd and his goodness and his faithfulness and his love follows you all the days of your life. And his word this morning is that he has come to give you life and life in all its fullness. There's a part in this passage that's really key. And it happens just before when he's using the parable in the context of the sheep and how they recognize 
the shepherd's voice. You see, there's three things that we need to be able to do if we're going to hear the voice of God. Are we listening? Are we looking to him to be our place of rest, to be our face of peace? Are we searching for him through his word to nourish us and sustain us? Because he wants to refresh us, he wants to restore us, and he wants to fill us up this morning. You see, the sheep, they recognize the voice because it's like learnt behavior. They know exactly what his voice sounds like. They know exactly maybe what movements and things he will make so they can follow him. But they know exactly what he sounds like. So if another person came along, like a thief or a robber, they wouldn't recognize his voice and they'd probably scatter around the field and go in all sorts of directions. With a shepherd, they hear his voice and they recognize his voice. For us, do we know God's voice? Do we understand what that sounds like? You know, God doesn't usually speak in an audible voice. Hello, it's God here, and this is what I want you to do today. God doesn't speak, often speak like that, but he comes in a still, small voice. When you read about Samuel, he's a young boy, and he's training for ministry under Eli, and, um, and he's learning how to hear the voice of God. And he's tucked up in bed one night, and, um, and he's like, he says to Eli before, he says, you know, I want to be able to hear the voice of God. So Eli explains, if, if God speaks to you, you know, this is what you need to do. So he goes to bed and he's like, right, okay. Then he, feels, then he hears God's voice and he goes to Eli and says, is, is that you, Eli? Is that you? He says, no, 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 it's not you. Okay, so he goes back to bed, go back to bed. Okay, then he wakes up again, he thinks he hears a voice, he goes back to Eli. Eli, is that you? No, 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 it's not you. He goes back to bed again. And the third time he goes back to Eli and Eli says, look, this time, when you hear the voice, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. He goes back to bed and God speaks to him and he unveils this whole prophetic word that he then needs to go and share with Eli. But he says, speak, God, your servant is listening. And then that unlocks so many things in, in, in Eli's life and in the life of Israel at that time. But those, those little words, speak, God, for your servant is listening. And we can take a lesson from Samuel this morning. And in our times of when we're in our prayer time, when we're in our times when we just want God to speak to us, just ask God to speak to you. God, you just speak to me today. That might be through the word. That might be just through a conversation that you have with someone else. It might actually just be an impression that you feel inside you. It might just be like a sense of peace. It might just be um, like a verse of scripture that just comes into your mind and you're like, okay, God, you're speaking to me. The second thing is God can speak to anyone. Sometimes we think that God's only going to speak to certain people because they're super spiritual and they hear from God all the time. It's not true. God can speak to each and every person here. You only have to look in Numbers 22 to discover that because God spoke to a donkey and used a donkey to speak for him. And if God can use a donkey, then he can definitely use everybody in this room. Who agrees? The thing is, sometimes we don't want to hear God speaking to us. Sometimes we're not ready to receive what he's got to say. So we turn off, we shut off our ears, and we find ourselves in a place where we're like, yep, I can sing some songs, I can read my Bible, but actually, I'm just not going to sit there for long enough for God to speak to me because I don't quite know what he's going to say. But God wants to speak to you. And the thing is about God, when he speaks to you, his voice isn't angry. His voice isn't negative. His voice is consistent with his character. It's consistent with love. It's consistent with who he is. And when we listen to God and we hear his voice, he wants to tell us new things that he has for us. He wants to show us things with a whole new perspective. Are we listening this morning? Are we ready to hear his voice? You see, if he wants us to take this life... And life in all its fullness to the people around us, we need to be ready to hear what he is saying to us. Because he wants us to be speakers of life to the places that we go, to the people that we meet, to our families, to our friends, to our work colleagues. And it comes through spending time with God and allowing him, first of all, to speak to us. We need to be listening to what he's saying. 
Because there are moments in our life when God can do transformation if we are ready to listen to him. And I just want to give you a story. I've given you this part one story last year at some point because I can remember clearly sharing it to you. But you haven't heard part two. So I'm going to share the whole thing because what I'm about to share with you is how God has done this in my life where he's asked me to speak out a word of life for him and then what's happened as a result. So um, about this time last year... I was sat in a senior leadership meeting at work. So around the table is the head teacher and all the other people that are in a senior position at work and, and one of the governors. And um, some of you now, you might remember this, you might not, because you might have fallen asleep at this point, so don't worry. I'll just share the whole story again. So we sat around this table at work, and um, we were facing a bit of a crisis. There was some stuff going on at school, and we were like, what are we going to do about this? And... Um, our head teacher's got this really annoying habit at the, end, at the start of every um, SLT meeting. Um, at the start of every SLT meeting, he would say a question that we all have to answer. And like, he's only given us about a five-minute warning, so it's like you have to quickly think of the first thing that comes into your head. So anyway, he um, said on this particular occasion, what do you do in a crisis? Or you know, what do you do when you're faced with a difficult situation? And like in that moment, God just spoke to me. It's like, you need to speak exactly what you do in a crisis or a situation. So I was like, okay. And on this occasion, the table was like, it was going around the other way. So it was like, I was going to be one of the last people to speak. So the first person says whatever they say, you know, go and have a glass of wine. Or the next person, I go and have a run. Or I eat lots of chocolate. So that was the kind of ilk of what people were saying. And I was thinking... Oh, it'd be so much easier just to say I eat lots of chocolate. Um, but no, I know what you're asking me to do, God. So anyway, it gets to me, right? And, and bearing in mind, like, nobody else in this room is a Christian. I sit there, and it gets to me, and they say, what do you do, Hannah? And, you know, everyone else has given these quite funny answers or just, you know, told everyone how they do that. And I said, I pray. And everyone just stopped and, like, stared at me. And then, just what came out of my mouth next, I didn't even know where it came from. Obviously, it came from God. But I just felt God say, now, just unpack that a bit more. So I was like, okay. So I said, I pray. And I say, I really believe that when we pray, that God can answer our prayers. And I also believe that God has got a plan for our school because it says in the Bible that, I know the plans I have for you, and there are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. So what turned into, like, you know, everyone else just done about, like, a 10-second. It was becoming, like, almost like a two-minute mini-preach right there on that table. Now, um, I don't know what the minutes looked like after that meeting, but anyway. <laughs> I always finish work on a Wednesday, so I get home, and I'm like, oh, it was an interesting day. Didn't it quite end the way I thought it was going to, but, God, you're good, and, you know, just see what happens after that so the next week I get, the head teacher comes to see me can I see you after school you always know when a head teacher asks you to go to his office you never quite know what's going to happen so anyway I sit down in his office and he starts saying to me can you just tell me a bit more about what you're sharing can you just tell me a bit more about prayer and like you know what do you feel like is the vision for our school at the moment so anyway and in this conversation with him that I was really not expecting I start talking about prayer telling him how to pray and telling him about how we should be praying for our school and anyway in the meantime what had been happening was um the Baptist minister in Budley, um, I'd been in conversations with him. Him and his family are part of our school community. Um, they have two children that come to our school. And we'd been talking a bit about how we can um, develop the vision of our school and just see more outreach and things happening. So anyway, this is like this open door moment. And I was like, so I just dropped it in there. I said, I really think we should invite James to come and just talk through some more of these things. So James comes along to a meeting, and then that meeting develops a bit more. So I've got several clergy in the community that meet together with us about every six weeks. And we completely changed our kind of strap line and our vision for, for the school to John 10.10. 10. And um, this is why I'm really passionate about this. I have come that you might have life and life in all its fullness. And um, that all sounds great and amazing, but it didn't stop there. So the start of this year, we'd done a lot of work on our revisioning and our repurposing. And in the process of that time, um, the Baptist minister had started with his family um, to open up the community centre that links through a wall from our school playground to the community centre. There's like a gate. Interesting. There's a gate that... Um, that goes from like the playground into community centre. So we'd managed to get our head to agree that we were going to open the gates every Friday afternoon after school, and the church going to put on a community cafe so that families could just walk straight off the playground into community cafe 
and meet with people from the church and just spend some time playing games, being family. And as a result of that, families have now connected to the Baptist church. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. That's a great story, but it doesn't end there. Because then what happened was we stretched our faith a bit more and we're like, okay, you know, the church that they meet in in the Baptist church is like an old little chapel building. So I said, okay. Like, that's great, doing the thing on the Friday, but why don't we just like, push it a bit more? Why don't we see if you can do a family service once a month on a Sunday in the school hall? So, like, our head teacher is so open that now that he's just like, yeah, that's great. So once a month, there are families meeting in the school hall, doing church on a Sunday, but it doesn't finish there, okay? So I shared this, and it was really fresh when I shared it at Exmouth Church. haven't had a chance to share it here yet. But about four weeks ago in Exmouth, um, it was like, maybe it was longer than four weeks ago, it was like quite early in January, about three weeks in, and we were getting ready for Exmouth Church, and it was about like four o'clock, and on my phone this message comes through, and I'm looking at this picture, it's like a Facebook messenger thing, and I, and I look at this picture, and I'm looking at it again, and I'm like, hang on a minute, that mum goes to the school. So what had happened was, they'd had a baptism service at um, the Baptist church. And one of the mums had been going along to um, d- uh, discover a Christianity Explored course. And, um, and she'd been going along, faithfully going along to this, to this course and connecting with James and Julia. And James sends me this picture and there's like the first two people getting baptised. And then there's this mum who's gone through the gate. <laughs> She's met with met with people in the community and then she's decided to take that step of faith and go to church and then from going to church she finds Jesus sorry I can't (laughs) and the thing is right with baptisms usually you go through a little class and you like do all of that she was so excited about finding Jesus she just jumped into the baptism (laughs) hall Sorry, it chokes me up because that is what Jesus wants to do. He wants to take us. Sorry, I'm going to gather myself. (laughs) He wants to take us from a place where we might be feeling empty and he wants to fill us. But then what he wants to do when we are full of his spirit, when we're living in a place of eternal life fullness, he takes that He grows and he nurtures that within us so that then we can go out and we can share that life. We can share that message with the people around us because it's not just for us. Life in all its fullness is not just so we can have a full happy time in here on a Sunday. So we can get out there and we can share the gospel with those around us. And he wants us to full. He wants us to be full of his life, full of his love so that other people can find Jesus. You know, I wasn't part of her story in the sense of actually sitting down and and helping her to find Jesus. She found Jesus for herself. But the bit that I had to do was open my mouth in a meeting to say, this is what I want, this is what Jesus can do. I had to open my mouth in a series of meetings that followed to say, come on, let's open our door. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to move. Let's allow people to come in. Let's allow the church to rise up. And church this morning, all it takes is for you to open your mouth. All it takes for you is to speak words of life to the people around you. That might be people in your family. That might be people in your workplace. You know, you might be thinking, well, that's easy because, you know, you're in a school that's CV school. You've got these connections and things. You know, it could just be when you're sat in an office and someone sat next to you says, I've just had this happen in my life. I'm, this is going on. You could be the very person that by speaking a word of life could transform their life. You could see transformation happen just by the words that you speak you know some of you it might just be by doing an act it might be by showing more kindness to someone that suddenly it plants a seed in their life and they go hang on a minute I wasn't expecting that today God wants us to be people who speak words of life, that share the gospel with the people around us because there is a world that is broken, there is a world that's unsatisfied, there is a world that is depressed. There are so many things that are distracting people, that are tearing down relationships. But when Jesus came and said that he has life in all its fullness, it's a life that is completely different to anything that the world can offer. It's a life of fullness and it's a life of hope and it's a life for each and every one of us. There's one last story I want to share with you 
Um, if you're a young adult here, you've heard this before. But at the beginning of the year, I read a passage in Genesis with a fresh pair of eyes. And there are times when God can just open your eyes through his word and show you something in a completely new perspective. So in Genesis chapter 21, it's the story of Ishmael and Hagar. I'm just going to turn there quickly. And you see, in this story, Hagar had an Ishmael. They'd been taunting Sarah and Isaac. And um, Hagar and Ishmael, they're there. And they're kind of making fun of Sarah's son Isaac, the son, the son that Sarah had longed for. And um, in this moment, Hagar and Ishmael are there and they're taunting Sarah and I, they're taunting Isaac. And Sarah's like, get them out of the house, Abraham. I don't want them here. Get rid of them. And Abraham's caught because he's got his son, who Sarah's saying, like, Ishmael, I want him out of here. Hagar, I want her gone. Abraham's caught between, what do I do? I've got Sarah, my wife, and I've got Isaac, my son, but she's telling me I need to get rid of them. And God says to Abraham, don't worry, all's going to be okay. So Abraham packs Hagar's bag, and he, with a heavy heart, sets off Hagar and Ishmael. Um, Where's Chloe? Chloe, can you just come and help me? I haven't got a nice headdress for you today, Chloe. (laughs) You just sit down for me there. She's just going to be Ishmael for me. Just use your imagination. (laughs) So they get the bag and off they go. And it's like they're walking. And they're not just walking into like a nice green pasture. They're walking into a desert. So Hagar's like, I've really blown it this time, Ishmael. Come on, we better go. I don't know where we're going to go. We're just going to have to have a little wander around and... Oh no, this is really bad. There's just nowhere. Everything's just so dry. And they sit down for a bit. And um, obviously, I'm slightly elaborating on the story here. But they get out the bag. And in the bag, all they've got, what we got in the bag, Chloe, Ishmael, they've just got the last bits of bread, you know, the nice bit of bread they had left from Tesco's. And the last drop of water in the very pink, fancy. Uh, jar that she had but they were literally on their last bits they were on their last bit of water they're on the last bit of bread they are literally going to be empty in the space of a few hours time Hagar is just like what am I going to do I don't want Ishmael to die I don't want what 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 situation we're in I don't want this to end like this And she just begins to cry out to God. She pops Ishmael under a tree and then she just begins to cry. God hears her cry. She says, Ishmael, um, Hagar, why are you crying? It says this, God hears the boy crying and he calls out to Hagar from heaven. Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him for I will make a great nation from his descendants. And then this is what happens. Ishmael is pouring his heart out. Hagar is just in this desperate pace. And then what God says, he says, open your eyes. And she opens her eyes. And ahead of her, she sees a well. And she just starts running to this well. And she runs to the well. And she gets there. And this is fills up her beaker. Thank you very much. And she's just so excited because this well she knows is going to provide the refreshing. She knows this well is going to provide everything that her and Ishmael need. And she takes the water and she runs back to Ishmael. She doesn't stop for a drink. She runs back to him. She goes, come on, drink, drink, have a drink. You see, Hagar, God promised her that Ishmael was going to be a great nation. She said, don't worry, I've got him sorted. I've got him covered. I'm going to provide for you. And, you know, Hagar had already been to this place. When Ishmael was born, Sarah had done pretty much exactly the same thing. She despised Hagar, and Hagar went on the run in Genesis chapter 16, and she finds herself at the well again. And God speaks to her at that point and promises her that everything's going to be okay for Ishmael. You know the amazing thing? 
Ishmael, when she made him, his name means God hears. When she goes to the well in chapter 16, chapter 16, she names the well, God sees me. This morning, God hears you. God sees you. And whatever dry place you find yourself in, he's saying this morning, open your eyes. Because I want to fill you up this morning. I want you to take the life, the well-giving life. And I want you to receive that this morning. For some of you, he has got a plan and a purpose for you. where he wants you to take that well. For each and every one of us, he wants us to take that well. To take that refreshing. And to share it with others. And I don't know who you are this morning, but God wants to fill you up to overflowing. So who wants to receive life in all its fullness this morning? Just a few people. Yeah. Could you just bring that down for me? Is that all right? Thank you. I think I sit back down. Kevin's my trolley dolly for today. (laughs) Thanks. You see, for some of us, when we talk about life in all its fullness, some of us, okay, yeah, I want to I receive more. Quite a few of you put your hands up and like, yeah, I want more of God in my life. I want him to fill me to overflowing so that I can share him and his love with the people around me. But Tim, can you just come and help me for a minute? Can you just hold that? <laughs> yeah. So what a lot of us do is we go, okay, yeah, I'm ready to receive more of you, Lord. Oh, let's just have a nice drink. No, just like, have a nice drink, you know. Is that satisfying, Tim? Is it all right? <laughs> but you see, what Jesus is saying is, I don't just want you to have a little bit like that. I want you to have life in all its fullness. And I want you to overflow... He doesn't want us to be satisfied (laughs) with a little bit. And it might get a bit messy and the water might fly everywhere. But he came that we might have life and life in all its fullness. So this morning, who's ready to receive more? Riverside Church, John 7 verse 37 says this, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me has rivers of living water that will flow from them. (laughs) Sorry, Tim. I'm going to read that again. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Riverside Church, we want rivers of living water to be flowing out from us, flowing out into this community, flowing out into our families, flowing out into every area and sphere of life that we find ourselves in. And he wants to fill us up this morning. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to be expecting right now that God is going to fill fill you up with his Holy Spirit, not to have a jolly time this morning, but so that we can go out overflowing. Are we ready? Father God, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you right now. We don't welcome you, you're already here. We thank you for your presence. We welcome you again. Band, can you just come up and... uh... There are three things I really feel that God wants to say to people specifically first. Um, before I do that I just want to give everybody the opportunity that we want to give every Sunday and that is that if you're sat here today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour you don't know what it is to know fullness of life in him he is a good shepherd and he wants to welcome you into his sheepfold this morning he wants to come so that you would have life and life in all its fullness and if that's you and you don't know Jesus and you just want to accept Jesus for the first time today I want to give you the opportunity to respond right now by just raising your hand I'd love to pray with you this morning is there anybody thank you thank you Jesus anyone else don't let this moment pass. If you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time this morning say yes I want to know this life and life in all its fullness Thank you, God. Come on, let's celebrate together right now that one person today has found Jesus for the first time.
Father God, right now, I thank you for that person that has responded. Lord, and I thank you that you have come, that they might have life and life to the full. And Father God, right now, I pray that you would come and that they would know your forgiveness, that they would know your freedom, Lord God, and that you would just come and fill them with your spirit. Lord God, that they would know that they have today have found God and that they are going to step into a life of following you and a life of fullness and a life of hope and a life of joy and a life of peace. name of Jesus. But for all of us today, there are three things particularly I felt God say, and I just want to touch on these, and then I'm going to go into response time for all of us. First of all, there are people here, and your joy has been stolen. You just feel like the stuffing has been knocked out of you. You just can't be happy. There's just this emptiness within you. Today, like just it says in Psalm 16, in God's presence there is fullness of joy. And God wants to restore your joy in this place today. He wants to give you a new sense of His Spirit that just comes out in joy and happiness again. And that which has come to be stolen from you, God is going to replace that this morning by His Spirit, that you're just going to overflow with joy. And I really believe this morning, if that's you, God's going to do that in this place today. For some of you, it's a renewed peace. That there's like a storm raging around you. And I really felt specifically, and I don't know who this is for, there's something going on right now in your home life where you have literally got to the end of yourself and you're saying, I've got no patience. I'm just getting frustrated. There's just no more peace in my home. And whatever is going on right now, whatever storm is raging around, peace be upon your house. Peace be upon your house. God wants to fill your house with peace. And it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's a peace that will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. So receive his peace in the name of Jesus this morning. And the other area that I really felt that God wants to restore this morning, he wants to restore hope. Romans 15 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, if you know you need to receive more joy, more peace, more hope in your life that can only be found through Jesus, I just want to encourage you just to stand up. If any of those things have meant anything to you this morning as I've spoken them out, could you just stand to your feet for saying, I need more joy in my life. I just want to experience God's peace again in my family situation. Maybe there's a restoration of hope that you need, hope that you found in Jesus. Just stand to your feet. If you can see someone standing, can you go and stand with them and begin to pray? team can you just join and um, get alongside the people that are standing this morning some people at the back if we can just go and stand with you